You are tuned in to the Jackson Hole Connection, sharing fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. I am truly grateful for each of you for tuning in today. And support for this podcast comes from Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, bringing the Jackson Hole community residential and commercial food waste composting options. Call 307-733-7678 for more information. I enjoy beginning these episodes with a happy thought you can use throughout your day or your week. And here it goes. An original by me, but not an original thought. Probably heard stuff like this before. Folks, hug someone and tell them you love them. And also tell them why you love them. Share a smile, bringing happiness into the life of another person will in turn bring happiness into your life. I learned something several years ago. If you're having a bad day, go to three different people and share with them something which is nice and uplifting. And that can help you lift yourself up out of having a not so happy day. So there you go. Try it out today. Let me know what you think. And you're listening to episode number 230. And my guest today is another local podcaster, Tyler Meany. Tyler is the host of Stories from a Mountain Town, which can be found on all of the or most of the usual podcast hosting platforms. I'm honored to have Tyler as a, another individual who is in the world of podcasts. And you might ask, or you might not ask yourself, or who knows, uh, why am I going to have another podcast guest host on my show? What's, uh, what's the meaning of that? Well, I feel that Tyler and I share a lot of the same mission, which is to speak with people and it allows us to learn about other people through their stories, what their path has been through life. And that's why I think you're going to enjoy listening and learning from Tyler. And Tyler's going to share his story of how transitioning to moving to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and how the podcast that he started, Stories from a Mountain Town, helped him to be more connected to this community. Tyler, thank you for joining me here today at the Jackson Hole Connection. Delighted to have another podcaster on as a guest today. Yeah, thank you for having me. We were just saying it's it's kind of weird being on, being on this side of things, not prepping the same way, but having to think about like, okay, what are we going to go over today? Well, this interview today is all about you. So it gives you the opportunity to talk um, yeah. rather than you asking the question. So mm-hmm. um, flipping the script in some ways, um, totally. which has been done to me before. Yeah. Um, a friend of mine, Jim, did that to me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> which was a lot of fun. And Tyler, I do start every episode with the guests sharing how they're connected to Jackson, what their story is and background Mm -hmm. of landing here. So tell us, where did you grow up or where were you raised? Because you might not have grown up yet. I don't know. Um, (laughs) We just met. I I try not to grow up, but I was born and raised in a suburb of Minneapolis, Minnesota called Lionel Lakes, Minnesota. And first came to Jackson when I was about like 10 or 11. My dad and my stepmom, both of their both of their kids were with the other parents for a weekend. So they had a nice little weekend getaway and they bought a paper atlas and they were just looking around America, like where we want to go on this weekend trip, like whatever. And they randomly closed their eyes and put their finger on a spot in America and it landed on here. Did it really? Yeah. 
Uh, my dad didn't grow up skiing at all, and my stepmom had grown up skiing, so she like knew that there was skiing here, but they had never really heard of Jackson, and they saw like, okay, it's by Grand Teton National Park, it's by Yellowstone, and my my dad has a motorcycle license, so he they decided they come out, hang out, and get a motor, rent a motorcycle, and ride around the parks and and whatever, and then they were immediately blown away by it, and they you know had to ride around Buffalo that were in the road, and they saw the animals and all the great things that we know about Jackson, and then. They were staying at the Teton Club for the mm-hmm. week or for the weekend. And it was still, the Teton Club was really young. So they had real estate agents like there trying to sell the weeks still. Um, and I don't know if you know Fred Harness, but he might be the greatest real estate agent of all time because in one night he sold some weeks to my parents at the Teton Club and got my dad to go paragliding, who is afraid of heights. So, so that's how we got into Jackson. And then at, shortly after that, we started coming out in the winter and in the summer for ski vacation with the family. So that's pretty spectacular way to be able to be introduced to Jackson. Yeah. And phenomenal opportunity to know that your, your dad bought those, what did he buy two weeks out of the year? I think originally he bought like two summer and one winter, or maybe even just the summers because they were way cheaper back then. And, And he had read somewhere that like three times as many people come here in the summer that as do in the winter. Mm-hmm. And so for a rental opportunity, he seemed like that was the better way to go. It's cheaper and uh, uh, way more people are here. Yeah. He, he read the right article. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And so when did you land here in Jackson? What brought you out here full time? It'll be four years in March since I moved here. And my fiance and I were living in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. The last, uh, the, the three years before that, every single vacation I took was to come here, summer and winter. Mm-hmm. And I knew uh, I'd always been drawn to Jackson when I was growing up coming here. It always felt like these are the kind of people that I want to be around. Like this is this crazy culture of a town where, you know, you have ski bums and professional skiers, professional snowboarders and cowboys and you know all these things blended together in this one town. And it's the beauty and everything. And like the people always hate like my friends who are not really into it. I hate when I say this, but there's like an energy, like a buzz to the area. And I don't know if that's me being a weirdo or just like, you know, the woo-woo of the natural forces that are going on in Jackson. But I always knew that I needed to spend time here. I needed to move here at some point. So we were looking around different mountain towns or, you know, Salt Lake City, Denver. We went to, we checked out Ogden, Utah and Park City and there wasn't really feeling it there. And luckily for me, they had like their worst winter ever when I was there. So I got really turned off by it. And we, we cut that trip short and drove straight up here actually because it was snowing. And a friend when I was when I was here that trip just said, why don't you guys just move here? And for, for the longest time, the expensiveness of living in Jackson was so built up in my head that I was like, I, I never really considered it because I didn't, wasn't sure how, if I could make it work. But my fiance is a nurse and I've been in fintech sales my whole career. So something finally clicked and I said, well, if, you know, people can do it, you know, being, you know, bartenders, servers, part time at a ski shop, I, I bet I could figure it out, too. So. It took a while to to get her a job at St. John's because she's a labor and delivery nurse and she hates this story. But um, I would look every single day at the job posting because I knew what she wanted. She's an RN, you know, night shift, OB, floor, like whatever. And then one day there, I saw a link that said, send us your resume if you don't see um, a position open yet. And we'll talk, well, maybe we'll talk, open one and we'll talk about it. So I sent her resume in because she's using my computer for all of it. And so she wakes up from night shift to emails saying like, Thank you, Taylor, for sending your resume. We'll reach out with, we need more information. 
And she's like, Tyler, what the hell did you do? <laughs> and I'm like, I just sent it in. That's like, it was her current resume. Like we, she had just like, she was using it actively. And then they loved her so much because she's super qualified and they opened up a position for her and hired her and then within like a month or something. And so that was it. And then we, you know, made the plans to move out and, and came out here. That's awesome. Yeah. I love how you sent in her resume. I, yeah. I don't know if I could get away with that with my wife where I'd even attempt that. Yeah. And even when we were engaged. So were you guys engaged when you moved here? No, we just got engaged. Congrats. It'll be a year, actually, well, a year ago, pretty soon here, uh-huh. like in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, we're, we're getting married um, in July at uh, Jackson Hole Golf and Tennis. That's fabulous. Congratulations. Thank you. Very happy for you. Yeah, we were dating. We were just dating um, when we moved out here. And um, that was kind of, uh, that was one big step in me deciding that like, yeah, I'm probably going to propose to her when she, when she decided that she would move across the country to a place where really I was pulling us out and she wasn't uh-huh. a huge skier. Now she's a, skis a lot, but she didn't really ski that much when we moved here. And she stuck with you after you sending in a resume for her. Yeah, exactly. And what has it been like transitioning life from Minneapolis, Minnesota to become and, and build and create your own life and social network here in, in Jackson? What has that been like for you? Well, in probably more the case of just like living in a kind of where you grew up, your, your friends, your network, your people are there already because whether it's the family that you just have around you or the friends you've kind of been forced not forced but you have them for so long from elementary school and whatever they're there already when you move somewhere new and you have to actively go find your new people your new your new family right and for here most people don't have actual family here so you create a friend group that is your new family and Mm -hmm. In Jackson, there's there's a lot of people that are trying to ski a hundred days a year, and they're you know, and they're going to go do hut trips, and they're going to every day that they're not working, they're going to be doing something crazy activity, all activities we have here, and they're more focused on that than they are like really maybe growing a career, right? They're just using jobs as a way to pay to do their activities. There's a lot of those, and then there's a lot of you know, rich kids of really really rich people, and and so they have a different outlook on life too. And that's fine. And then Taylor and I find ourselves kind of somewhere in the middle where we have really good jobs. We want to focus on our career, but we're not millionaires or kids of billionaires or whatever, right? So we so we are having to actually work and focus. And it's not, you know, I met a handful of people here who like their parents sold their business and gave them $2 million for a house, which is great. That'd be the dream, but we're not in that situation. So you have to find your way around those two different groups and you eventually do and you find your people and the friendships that we have formed here. I find them to be extremely special because we are just family, the family we chose at that point, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have kids, but I imagine like the group of parents you start to raise your kids with, it's like, it's not, you don't drop them off at an uncle's house. You drop them off at your neighbor's house, your friend's house, and they become that support group for you. So true, Tyler. So true. That's your Jackson Hole family right there. Mm -hmm. I have some folks that I rented from when I first moved here to live with my brother. And they now refer to me as their Wyoming son. And it's, I couldn't imagine life without them. And, And then at the same time, there's just friends that you have. And we've all had kids together. And 
-hmm. when you and your future wife will do that together, then it starts building even a, a bigger bond as well. And the, mm -hmm. with those kids, then you even start meeting other people. As yeah. Well. The, the people we're closest with here, they're also engaged too. And then my, I'm different in this way, but my brother just moved out here in August and him and his fiance are engaged. So like there's three couples and we hang out every single weekend and we go skiing together and we're probably, you know, going to have, be having kids in the next four, five, three, four years, whatever. Right. And so that's, I can see that being the wave of like, that's the, that's the core right there. It most likely will be. And yeah. for people who are listening in, I have uh, a disruptor with me today who is home sick and as we're recording is crawling around my office. So if somebody hears a little bit of background noise or whatever, it's my youngest William, um, playing around with stuff in my office as I'm yeah. talking to you. So my apologies. I learned. Everybody else for the small distraction there. My apologies. Yeah. I appreciate no, it's all good. I've had, I've had episodes where we had to pause the interview because we let my guest's dog out the door and it was a German shepherd and it was like looking in the window, freaking out, like jumping on the window, like, mom, let me in there. You know, so we've had to pause for that noise too. I've had to re-record episodes, uh, get people in, you know, twice to do it. I've lost episodes. Yeah where it wasn't able to be published. And then there was one episode because I say, hey, we're going to take a quick break to get a word from one of our sponsors. Mm -hmm. And I asked the guest, I was like, well, do you want, do you need to take a break? It's somebody who has had some medical issues. And he said, sure, why not? And he went and ate a bowl of cereal. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, I'd find something else to do. And he comes back. Okay, I'm ready again. Oh, that's and hilarious. that was all cut out. No, well, the listeners now know what happened, yeah. but it's just yeah. funny what is edited out at times. Yeah, for sure. And and so you have your own podcast. It's mm -hmm. called Stories from a Mountain Town. Yes, Stories from a Mountain Town. And is this your first podcast to do? How did you get into this? Doing my own? Yeah. Yeah, it is the first attempt at a podcast, yes. I got into it early when I moved here um, because I was meeting so many people and they would have really interesting stories about their lives that brought them here and that I just thought that people would find interesting. And the example I always use is my first guest ever was my friend Jeff Moberg and he used to work for Steel when he was here and but he's had his career in like product design, clothing design kind of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And he's not you know, he's just, he's just a guy. He's not famous by any means, but he has this really interesting story of like, he was really early in the, in the company at like Under Armour, right? The guy who started Under Armour, like asked him to join the company. And he worked at Oakley when they sponsored Rory McIlroy for golf. So he got to like build stuff for Rory for, to, to wear. Right. And then he worked at Fanatics, um, which is, they do like a lot of apparel for the, to the pro sports leagues. And he has these great stories of like, um, you know, when a Super Bowl happens, the the players all have the the hat with their logo saying like Chiefs Super Bowl champions, right? Yeah, within seconds. Yeah. So they make enough of both logo for the players, right? Directly. So there is uh -huh. some of both. But then everybody else, what everybody else in the public gets, there's people in the factory, like they're ready. The hats are ready to go, everything but the logo. And then once the whistle blows, they start to go into overdrive and make all the winning teams gear and then ship them out. And like, here's a story where he was at a factory 
like do like putting the logos on himself and putting them in boxes and putting them in a truck the night all night after a Super Bowl because they had to get done because they had orders coming in for that they had to get out the next day. Mm -hmm. So I would mm -hmm. meet people like Jeff and be like, this is a really interesting story. And, and you can't, there's so many people that I've interviewed where I couldn't just message them on Instagram and say, hey, do you want to get coffee? Because you seem interesting. So I can, I, can I talk to you? I want to <laughs> learn more about you. Like, you can't say that. <laughs> you know, like I, I've been with Taylor. Yeah, and you just might not get a response. Yeah, it, you just like the people have been blessed with in, interviewing. Like, there's no way they would respond to that. And especially like if it's a girl, like they just think I'm trying to take them on a date. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't do that. But if you say, can we do that? And it, beginning of my podcast, I had um, more of like a cocktail spin to it, where it's like, okay, guest, what's your favorite alcohol or beer or whatever? I'll bring it for you, and you know, I can be a part of it. We can talk about the cocktail we made or the beer we're drinking, right? And so I couldn't just be like, hey, uh, the idea that comes to mind is Haley Badenhop, uh, actually Haley Leeper. She's a, a painter here, but Owen Leeper's wife. I couldn't just message her and be like, hey, do you want to go get a beer and we can talk about what it's like being a painter here? That doesn't work. So you say, let's do that, but I'll record it and we can do a podcast and it'll help your brand. It'll help my brand. And everybody likes that. So mm -hmm. That's kind of how it start, how it started to kick off. And then once you do enough episodes, um, even though I have, I don't have a big following by any means on the podcast account or any of my accounts, but on the podcast, you see people just see that the episodes out there and you can ask bigger and bigger names to do it. And they see like, okay, this is legit. And it's not hard to put every, put anything on Spotify or Apple podcast and, and they go with it. So I interviewed, I interviewed, um, Ian Munsick, the country singer, like mm. two years ago because I loved his music. He's from Wyoming. He talks about, you know, being and living in Wyoming. And it was just like a shot in the dark. Like I've messaged all my favorite people, you know, Travis Rice, Jimmy Chip. They don't respond, obviously, because what if they did? And Ian was one of those. And it was so crazy to interview him, like to sit across the screen from my favorite country artist. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you to just get out there and do it. I have met over time a few different podcasters here in town and and through the rest of the state and it's i i love that you just want to meet people and tell tell their story and and learn more about them and, and that's why i do it as well mm -hmm. yeah it's a little bit of a uh, combination of the different aspects of my life and kind of my professional skills of like you know cold emailing messaging that's the that i can do that all day that's the sales side of, of tyler right that comes very easy to me and then the branding the 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 marketing part of like hey this is good for your brand i'll make clips content out of it i'll drive the conversation in a way that sounds organic so that we can cover the points of like here's your brand here's your business what do you do why is it special and then also we're just going to bullshit and talk about whatever and you can blend it into a conversation make it seem really organic and yeah it's like i said it's a combination of these different you know kind of more professional skills that i've acquired well i'm gonna pull a thread out of your your game uh, game plan there, mm -hmm. and say what is your favorite cocktail? Because being in the liquor industry, yeah, this is uh, I'm, I'm feeling a lot of pressure right know, now. I'm feeling a lot of pressure right now because it's a shared guest that we have, Chaz and Trap from Jackson Hole Steelworks. Friends, I actually live right by Chaz. If you know, he lives in um, Dr. J. Mm -hmm. I live right. I live in the same development. I really before you answer, before you answer, Chaz and Travis would love for you to mention their product no doubt about it mm -hmm. but they would also love to know that you give the answer that's what is really 
We didn't say that you had to mention the product that goes in it. We just need to know the cocktail. Okay. If we're saying like branding ambiguous cocktail. Yeah. Old fashioned. Old okay. fashioned is mine. Yeah. And then um, I don't order these as much as I should because they're really strong. And when I'm friends with the bartenders, they make them extra strong. But an Absorca old fashioned is one of my favorites right now. And I know what an Absorca old fashioned is because I'm in the industry and mm -hmm. know Travis and Chaz. Mm -hmm. But why don't you share with people what an Absorca old fashioned is? Yeah. So Absorca is a barrel aged gin from Jackson Hole Stillworks. And so it, it brings the, the barrel aging of the gin brings a little bit of like the, uh, like a whiskey esque flavor to the gin. So you get the mm -hmm. barrel sweetness and you also get the, the juniper flavor that you would get in any normal gin. But it, it's this really interesting liquor that you can do in gin cocktails or in whiskey cocktails because it has both. And then the rest of it old fashioned is. Well, it bitters. has characteristics of both. Yeah. It doesn't have whiskey and gin in it. But right. it is yeah, a sorry. gin. It is a yeah. gin. Yeah. Characteristics in the whiskey both. barrels. Yeah. Characteristics yeah. of both. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the rest of the old fashioned is bitters. What is it? Muddled sugar and an orange peel. What was the last one that you said? Or an orange peel. Yeah. And at times they might muddle the sugar with like a some sort of cherry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I don't know the difference in between like an old fashioned and a Manhattan. Isn't the Manhattan with the cherry? I mean, yeah. Now I'm not a bartender. I'm just in the industry. I yeah. just sell it. Yeah, for sure. Either way, but that's my go-to if I'm like, you know, at a cocktail bar, um, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm at like bin 22 makes a really, really good absorb old fashioned. That's why I've been cool. in there. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And you know, with considering you like to have a good cocktail, what is your best me memory of scenery of where you've had a cocktail scenery so taylor and i taylor's my fiance's name we're taylor and mm -hmm. tyler um taylor and i lived up on saddle butte for the first year that we were here mm, beautiful yeah we got super lucky with the rental up there but we would the the very top of it is an open lot and so we would go up there and do like charcuterie boards and bring cocktails and wine and stuff like that at the very top of it. And it's the only place in the valley where you have a 360 view of everything because it's taller than um, West Gravant View, right? Is that the name of the other one? But so it's mm -hmm. taller than that. So you stand up there and you can look and see Snow King and you can look and see um, Sleeping Indian, um, Jackson Peak. You can see the Grand. You can see the resort or the... JHMR, you can see the pass and obviously the sunset's up there incredible. So that would be that. It's sitting up there as the sun is setting, like the whole sky is it's it's orange and pink and purple 360 around you, like you're in a like a orange and pink and purple globe. Mm -hmm. That and there's a day that stands out. That's the most incredible view I've ever had. That's beautiful. And for the people that have visited here to be able to, or, or and all the people that live here, to have that understanding is quite amazing mm -hmm. to, to know. The views are breathtaking and memorable, mm -hmm. which is, I know I can say that I appreciate seeing the sunrise in the morning mm -hmm. and then seeing the sunset. And I hope you and your fiance get to experience that together many, many years in the future. 
Yeah. Right now we're living north of town. We're in the place where actually I lived 23 years ago when I first moved here because we're in the <laughs> in the process of building a new house. Nice. Congrats. And uh, thank you. And the mornings are just phenomenal when we take the kids to the school bus. They get picked up at 7.03 in the morning mm -hmm. and it's north of town. It's right across the street from the fish hatchery and elk refuge. And you have a fun, remarkable, just a breathtaking view of the sleeping Indian, but you have some of those mornings where the sun's rising, you, you get that new light that's coming out. And then also at the same time, the, the fog might be over the valley. So you don't see the elk refuge. You can just see that fog line, top of the mountains and the mm -hmm. sun coming up over there. Mm -hmm. And the colors that get dispersed from the what's going on in, in the climate and the weather pattern right there. It's Sometimes you, yes, do I need to take a picture, but other times it's just breathe in and absorb it and yeah. holding the boy's hands, walking them to the school bus and appreciating what's there at that moment is yeah. far greater to me. Totally. Yeah. That's a, that's been a process for me as someone that creates a lot of content, a lot of pictures and videos where I've moved away from like personal stuff, like my personal Instagram a little bit because I found myself not being as present as I wanted to be because it was mm. only the moment was always only as good as the content I got from it. Right. It's been a personal move of mine to just to do more of what you said and just like I could this would this could be a beautiful picture, but I'd rather just be present and enjoy it and look around and have it for my own memory or even take a picture just to not do anything with it, to look back on it. I have so many mm -hmm. in the last year, I have so many great pictures that I just I just look back on them sometimes and be like, wow, that was a beautiful moment, but it's for me or the people that I'm with in the moment, right? Something my wife did when, with both of our kids, the first year of their lives, she took a picture every day. Mm. Of them? And after that, she put it together in a book and sent it to her, her parents as well. And then bought us a copy also during that publication. So when you have kids, for you and your wife to take a picture of your child every day. And it is just so breathtaking to see how that child changes every day and to be able to see it is so much fun. And now with the kids, she'll look at picture rolls and you just see when they're so young and they're, it's a lot of fun. Totally. So yeah. to you taking the pictures is great and it helps you to remember it, but also be just being in the moment is, is important as well. Mm -hmm. there's obvious value in like using content for different purposes, like using it for that book is great or using it to frame it is great. And then, but also just saving some just for yourself, right? mm -hmm. saving up some of those moments. I think I, f I found that's probably more important than the moments to share with the public or the following. Right. Now being somebody who's in, in marketing and you've been in sales for your entire career, mm -hmm. explain that a little bit more. Why, why do you feel that way? About the moments like for myself? Yeah. There's some that you just need to save for yourself. Because I think in the digital era, there's so much of what we're doing of pushing ideas, pushing ourselves, pushing content outwards. And it's we're we're looking at them at these moments, pieces of information, parts of ourselves as how the outside world will react to it, right? That could be how many likes am I going to get? Um, that could be, you know, a sales email. 
how are they going to buy the thing? Are they going to respond? Are they going to set up a meeting, whatever, or, you know, stuff like that. And you just feel like you're always just pushing, pushing, pushing your everything outwards. There's not as much coming in. There's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of data coming in because we have the entire knowledge of humanity at our fingertips, but there's a, we're not just, we're not just holding on to things and just saying that's okay. Being in my brain as a memory or a picture on my phone that I don't show anybody. That's just for me. And that was a special moment. Nobody else will know how special that moment was except for me and the people around me. And for me, a lot of those moments are me with my dogs touring. We do a lot of flipboarding with my dogs. We have two huskies and I've taken the, I've gotten into the habit of just like sitting on the top of what I'm about to snowboard down and just like sitting there and being with them and letting them be in nature and, and not needing to take a picture, not needing to take a video, not needing to show anybody. Right. I, I really could show all, all my friends and family like, Hey, look at this beautiful view I'm looking at, but I, I just really enjoy like that's, that's special moment for me and, and the dogs. They don't, the dogs don't get it, but I, I like it. I, I bet your dogs do get it. <laughs> well, maybe they get it for a different it, reason. They, maybe they get it for like sure. a, an instinctual reason. Cause they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're in the woods, they're in the territory that they feel they should be. They're in the snow. Right. So they're like, they just are like, this is how life should be mm-hmm. where when they're in the car, one of my dogs hates the car, mm-hmm. you know, they don't like that. Right. That's, that's not how life should be for them. So thank you for, for sharing how you feel. And I take away from that, that it's a very mindfully, very mindful and thoughtful and grounded reason and, and purpose. And for us all to have something that allows us to reset and be mindful of where we are and what we're doing versus, as you said, it's for you. Yeah, you could share it with everybody else, but it's just absorbing it in the moment, which is so important. And mm-hmm. that's something that you will be able to remember. Um, there's so many other things that you can share with other people that mm-hmm. that mindfulness just helps us reset every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's definitely been an acquired thought. Like the Tyler three years ago did not think that way. It was a lot mm-hmm. more, you know, do the hike, get to the top, take a picture, go down. Right. Mm-hmm. And I would be, you know, I'd be doing these hikes or skinning and, you know, you're all I think about is the, the peak, right? You're like thinking about that as your goal. And then you get to the goal and then you don't spend any time at the goal. And then you're like, all right, let's go. We got to go. You know, sometimes I compare like hiking or touring to my journey as a salesperson. You're climbing every day, taking another step towards meeting your quota. And then you get to your quota end of the year. And then your man- management is like, okay, great job. Now you're at zero. Get your ass going. Get your butt going. I don't know if we can swear on this with the kiddo in here, but you know, and I, and it's kind of like, let's, let's get to this place we've been trying to get to and hang out here a little, whether it's a sales quota, a goal in your business, a goal at the podcast, you know, or a hike or a destination on an adventure outside, or, you know, I golf a lot. I remember that Jackson golf and tennis. So like you're just being, being in the moment is something that I've been more focused as I get older. And that's, you said earlier, I don't know if you've actually grown up. That might be the one thing where I would say, like, that's a major focus I've had as maturing, just to be like, what are we doing pushing around to these points to not enjoy the point or the moment at all? Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said, Tyler. Thank you. Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling estimates that approximately 3,954 tons of food waste are disposed in the trash right here in Teton County every year. 
This makes food waste the next frontier material in the quest to achieve our county's goal to reduce waste and recycle more, which will help us aim for zero waste. For more information on Teton County Integrated Solid Waste and Recycling's Curb to Compost Commercial Food Waste Program, visit tetoncountywy.gov recycle and join today. I want to get back into the conversation about how you said three years ago, four years ago, it would have been the Tyler who hiked up the mountain, took the shot, get down to share it to where now you are more the person who stops at the top to appreciate and absorb where you are and what you're doing. What, what shifted for you? In the past, when I was doing more content for my personal brand, it was always a focus of like the, the top of the hike or whatever is the is only as good as the picture that I could take there. And I still love taking phenomenal pictures and I and whatever. That's still fun for me and, and, and how that picture will work or video will work for social media for my own personal brand, because that was like it's still really hot, but like really extremely hot. Like three years ago, it's like, oh, you want to live this beautiful, fun life, like become an influencer. So everyone's trying to be a freaking influencer. And mm. I've, I've had the opportunity to have a couple sponsorships with the small audience that I have, and it just feels so inauthentic to like chasing, chasing the potential money that could come out of it or the free stuff that could come out of it. Or and then I had, I've had a couple TikToks that, that I'm not going to use the word viral, but they, they had like 50,000, 60,000 views, you know, out of, out of nowhere. And while that was going on, it was like, oh, this is exciting. I'm getting a lot of views. And then it, and then it kind of stopped and. It was a little bit of like, oh, wait, that isn't actually as fun or as fulfilling as I thought it would be. Right. I thought it would be a great combination of like, I like making content, being in nature, cool, doing cool things. And then I can get to a life where I'm making money off of it. And that's how I make my living. But then you, I got there and it wasn't enriching at all. It wasn't fulfilling what I thought it would be. So it's kind of like, okay, now I'm not really seeking the result from my content, from my own personal content. I still seek results from my content for my clients and that's a whole different thing but that's the start of where it changed it was like this the idea of being an influencer wasn't i didn't see it as a, something that i really wanted to do and i never was an influencer for that matter i just like you can get a, you can get random brand deals from anything like you could be like hey like i had a dog collar and leash company that like sponsored me and i got my own you know tyler mini 20 code right like bullshit but you know it was anybody who creates content thinks in a way of like Okay, how how big could this go? How could I, you know, be seen? How could I, how could I get on other platforms? Mm -hmm. Well, when you have kids, you will be an influencer. Yeah, and the best type of influencer. Yeah, totally. The, I, I guess the the original influencer mm -hmm. type of influencer is being a parent. Yeah, because your kids, you're wholly influencing their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my my best friend Alex had a had his first kid in July, and it's um the way it's it's rethought it made me rethink like how you do everything as a parent because you're not just it's not in a vacuum i guess is what i'm trying to say like the your actions as a parent is not in a vacuum because you're affecting how they will look back on their early life and how they grow and what kind of person they're going to be it's not just like oh i don't like that thing so i'm going to discipline that thing but what if that thing is like their favorite thing in the world right 
what if they, you know, maybe they play, your kid plays too much video games, but maybe that's, maybe they're going to be the next great video game creator or, you know, pro video game player, right? That's a great example that probably generationally, it's hard to see as a parent who didn't grow up with like the world of huge money in video games. So it changes the way like everything is forming them and you have to really say everything and realize what everything means. So true. Yeah, it, it does. And, you know, getting down to even the basic of what you're talking about, I'm not aware of our kids playing any video games. <laughs> yeah. If they have, it hasn't been on our, our watch. Yeah. Uh, we don't have how old, any. How old are your kids? Nine and seven. To where yeah. now, I mean, a lot of kids have been playing things on people's phones for yeah. ages. Exactly, yeah. And it could our, be, right, like that a lot of parents use the screen, the phones as a means to an end of, some peace and quiet, their focus being there, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe I don't really, I'm not, you know, a child psychologist, so I don't know. But maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe it starts them being, you know, really excited about, you know, wanting to design video games, right? It's just like, when you open it up to the word everything, it just, you have to really envision that that means anything. Mm -hmm. That's, that's well said. And I want to go back to the influencer side of things. One of the original side of influence of being an influencer as well is just building a friendship. Mm -hmm. Think about kids or as kids, you're building friendships, doing whatever, riding bikes around the neighborhood and playing games and sports and hanging out, even playing Atari, Donkey Kong Jr. And uh, those things you're, you're influencing each other. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just not on a digital type of thing side of it because I remember we used to ride bikes around town where where I grew up and we'd ride in some woods and make jumps and mm-hmm. it was the instant replay that you could talk about, mm-hmm. but there was no other way to capture it. Yeah, exactly. Totally. And And I hope that more kids can get back to that because... It, it helps the creativity mm-hmm. and, yep. and the kids use their, their skills that they, they are born with rather than relying on that device. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've been thinking about. We recently, because we're engaged and we, we just bought our house in August, but the, the conversation of not just where do we want to live, Taylor and Tyler and the dogs, it's where do I want to raise my children, you know? So when we're going through the process, it's obvious to look in, you know, Victor Driggs or Alpine because it's cheaper, but you're still around the beautiful nature. And, you know, obviously there's the option of going back to Minnesota or, you know, a bigger city is always there. But I think the idea of giving my children a childhood here where like they get to go, we all played in the woods as kids, but they get to go play in the most beautiful woods in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I, that yeah. excites me. And like, you know, I grew up going to these little ski hills in Minnesota all the time and how much fun I had there, but they get to do it at, you know, JHMR and Snow King. Mm -hmm. That excites me. And to say, you know, be just being generally here in the West, we have a lot of, you know, little road trip destinations we could go to and see some of the beautiful country in the world. And it's not, you know, 20 hours away from Minnesota. We We have beautiful country in the North. In northern Minnesota, a lot of beautiful forests and lakes and Lake Superior is amazing. But to fr- from here, we have access to you know anything in the Rockies, all the national parks we we can we can dream of. 
And that excites me to be able to bring my future children to all those and teach them about all that. That's very insightful. Well, well said. Well said, Tyler. I appreciate that. For sure. Thank you. Now, what channels is, can people find, what channels can people find your podcast on? Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's hosted by anchor.fm. So like nobody really listens to stuff on there, but um, you can listen to it there. Apple, Apple and Spotify. And what's the frequency that you release a podcast, an episode? Not enough. Okay. I, I, I used to do, I'm at about almost 70 episodes. I used to try to do like record like one a week, but just like work got busier, you know, whatever, life got busier. And the hardest part I found with the podcast is the scheduling because I could come up with, you know, 15 people right now that I want to interview, but then it's reaching out to them, managing schedules, stuff changes, you know, got to be here, got to be there. And that was, I found that to be difficult. And I, 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 I prefer doing in-person interviews and this is now my mm. new studio. I've done a couple up in here, but I've always had a dedicated space in the house that I've lived in since doing it, that I like doing it in person. And because that was the whole idea for the podcast is just like, I want to sit and just chat with this person. And so it worked well to do it in person and COVID made that harder, but now it's just like the scheduling, the bad excuse, but yeah, I give it to Michael for managing my schedule. Yeah, in the podcast world and working with what my schedule is mm -hmm. each week. Big kudos and shout out to Michael. Yeah, yeah, that was seamless. You guys have a good a good system. It was like a couple of messages, click this link, and then go in, and we're all good. And then it wasn't until like so I had, I had to move the the appointment, but yeah, everything was super seamless. It just popped right in my Google Calendar. It was perfect. That's that's fabulous. The beautiful part about technology and having a great person. To manage it like Michael and he helps people do podcasts, uh, put on edit and market and perform podcasts as well. So he's, he's a man of many talents and I might be the host and of the podcasts and talking to the people, but he's the man that makes it happen in the background for sure. I couldn't do it without him. Yeah. And I, yeah, I have, I need to just tell one of my guys, they have content creators that I hire for my marketing agency. So they have all the mm -hmm. skills to shoot and edit and do all that stuff. I just need to get them hopped in and be, have my own, um, I'm a big Rogan listener, but have my own young Jamie. There you go. Yeah. So what's the, what, do you have a website as well, Tyler, for your podcast? Not, not a real one. I think Anchor creates okay. one with it because of the, uh, mm -hmm. what is it? The RSS feed has to be hosted mm -hmm. somehow, mm -hmm. but it's not one that I like to build. So we have, so okay. I've, I have Instagram for it at stories from mountain town. You'll see okay. when I post new episodes, I do, you know, a little screenshot from it. I have this app called Wave that creates, um, and I totally recommend it for, for anything for you guys too. You take just a, a picture and it loads into this thing and then you put a, an audio clip in up to a minute and then it does this little like squiggly line over the picture, like it, like it's the sound wave bouncing. And so it's a great content tool for, for podcasts because you can do it in real form in the R E E L form for Instagram, which is the hottest content form right now. Um, you find really good pictures. You see, they can see the face of the, of the guest, which is what I usually do. And, but they get to hear a little bit of the podcast and I found it gets people excited. You cut it off right in the middle of a point and they want to hear the mm -hmm. rest of it. So they go and listen to the podcast. That's awesome. Yeah. Strong, strong marketing strategy there, Tyler. That's good. Yeah, it's it. It works out. It works out pretty well. 
Nice. I so appreciate you taking the time to reach out to me. Do you want to share an email address if people want to connect with you and be on your podcast if they're listening? Yeah, let's do. Well, you can message message one, any of my Instagram accounts. I'm at Teton Tyler is my personal account. At Stories from a Mountain Town is for the podcast. And then you can email tmeany10 at gmail.com if you're not on Instagram. But. Why don't you spell that out, what you just said? T-M-E-A-N-Y 10. Okay. The number 10. Number 10. Yeah. Okay. One of my OG cool. Gmails. It's, I'm lucky it's not like, you know, everybody, everybody in my generation has like their first email address that their mom made. And it's like, mine was LHPitcher1234 because I'm left-handed and I played baseball. You know, we all millennials bond over our your, original screen Your parents names. made that email address for you? Yeah. Like when I was <laughs> like, you know, eight. And then my brother had R Hockey. His name is Ryan. You know, everybody has it. Millennials bond over stuff like that. I I never knew it. I did buy the email or, or capture the email address for my boys with their full name. Um, yeah. I got those. Yeah. And and I think I bought the URL with their full name as well. I can't remember. That's brilliant. So when they're, when they're both pro professional skiers, you know, doing the grand three times in a day, they'll have their, their, their own website ready for them to go. When they are whoever and whatever they're destined to be, <laughs> they will have that stuff. Yeah. So yes, whatever that may be. Totally. <laughs> for sure. Well, Tyler, it's been a pleasure getting to talk with you today. I need to go back and take care of this young man who is not feeling well. And I so appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to talk with me and share your story and keep sharing people's stories as well here in Jackson and build up the repertoire, that book of episodes for stories of Mountain Town. Yeah, Good work. for sure. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome, Tyler. Forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, totally. Take care. Thanks. To learn more about Tyler Meany and stories from a mountain town, visit the Jackson Hole Connection dot com episode number 230 folks get off your tookie and share this podcast you well you could sit on your tookie while you're sharing this podcast using your device instagram facebook whatever you want thank you to my wife laura who supports me every day to keep this podcast going and of course to my boys lewis and william who love helping out as well thank you michael for doing the editing marketing directing of this podcast of the Jackson Hole Connection. And folks, if you want to have your own podcast, reach out to Michael. You can find his information in the show notes. And I look forward to seeing you back here for the next episode of the Jackson Hole Connection. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. I'm truly grateful to have your attention today. Go be with somebody that you love. Tell them you love them and tell them why. Take care, folks. Bye.